Hello everyone, Good Life Housing Partners, episode 30, a milestone for us here, and we're doing this one a little different. Usually we'd be in the GLHP headquarters in downtown Los Angeles. We're still in downtown Los Angeles, but we decided to, get, to take a little walk and have a walking meeting, David Fong and myself, and uh, decided this would be a good time for a pod as well. And so we called our producer extraordinaire, Bree Winkler, and here we are sitting at a pizza joint, dining indoors and doing a podcast. So all first for this group. Um, and as you know, this is an open forum discussion to kind of talk about what we've seen out there in the real estate world and this the world in general. And uh, I hand it over to you, Mr. Fong. What are you seeing? Um, seeing a lot, a lot, of, a lot of exciting things about returning back to life pre-COVID. Very happy that we're taking it on the road for this podcast. This is a nice change of scenery and also you know, sitting here in indoor dining, which, indoor you, which dining, we haven't done in a long time, <laughs> in a very long time, very unless long we're in time. Dallas or, or, or Vegas. Um, not in our home state. Not in our home state. So this is very, very refreshing uh, change. Uh, just came back from Las Vegas, had a oh, nice. good time for uh, March Madness. Uh, Vegas, I report back, was much more crowded uh, than it has been in a long time. And in the last few months, I, I go pretty regularly because we have an asset out there. And definitely, there's more and more people in the late evenings now on, on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, during this pandemic last few months, there was pretty much no one on the streets, and now there's there's crowds. Um, there certainly was crowds because of March Madness, but I think you know I think people are just definitely getting more comfortable um, coming back to to, to Vegas. Uh, the casinos also, interestingly, you know, in my prior trips, I would go to Las Vegas and they would temperature check you and. You couldn't, you know, get into the, the casino hotel without passing some kind of scanner of some sort. And, you know, this weekend when I went, it was, you know, scanners were gone. It was, you know, all entrances and exits were all open and, you know, lots of people just kind of, you know, moving around with masks, though. I did see some security enforce some mask requests to some patrons. Uh, but definitely, you know, all the restaurants and bars inside uh, Las Vegas and inside the hotel casinos were fully open. And so when we ate... It was uh, no masks, of course. Um, so it was, it was refreshing. It was nice. There's definitely a sense of hope or, or energy. And I think it's just a continuation of, you know, the, the vaccinations. And we've, we've cleared early, I think, uh, Joe Biden's goal of the 100 million vaccinations. Well, he it yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he doubled, doubled it today. It to, to 200. Yeah, yeah. So he I doubled it. <laughs> I think that the 100 million people said was actually was interesting because, like, that was, like, sort of a, a pretty easy goal because you're already kind of doing a million and a half, two million vaccinations but the 200 million is actually really challenging because you're gonna start actually I meant to tell you so I was at I, I go running at Dodger Stadium around in Elysian Park and that's where one of the main vaccination sites were and this past Tuesday as I was getting ready to go for my run I was in the car and I got by mistake in the vaccination line and so I was like now I was stuck I couldn't go anywhere I was like stuck in this line but the line wasn't that long and so I was like all right I'm gonna deal with it. I'll wait. So I waited like six minutes. I get to the front and I'm like, listen, I, I'm not probably gonna get vaccinated, but if I wanted to, what would I need to do? And he's like, well, you got, are you, I mean, you gotta be like, you know, in, a, in one of the things. Well, I was like, well, I was like, I'm an Uber Eats driver. He's like, okay, no problem. He's like, okay, cool. So just go park over there. We'll have you fill out a form and we'll get you in. We wanna, we wanna take care of you, buddy. I'm like, all right, this is like really, so I think this next hundred, it's going to be really challenging for uh, Sleepy Joe because, dude, it's, it's, you're getting into this world where, like, that line used to be 
a legit hour wait, and I waited for like five minutes, maybe. Oh, wow. That's pretty So fast. it's like the, the table is completely turned the other way. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that, that he announced that today. I forgot about that. Uh, just because, you know, politically, you know, I, you know yeah. 100 million he knew he could easily make. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing That's a layout, politically to, to, to tout as an accomplishment. But, you know, 200 million now with the time left is, is a little and tougher. Just, and you're taking some political risk that you yeah, might fall flat. And there's just a lot less arms that are, like, very interested in getting vaccinated now, I feel like. You had it. You don't need it. You're young. Whatever. You just, like, do you need to go and get two shots? Like, that's also a thing. People yeah. are like, you know, I don't know, go to get two shots. Yeah. I go, you know. Well, in the Johnson & Johnson, the one-shot vaccine I heard hasn't been... You know, they thought there would be a lot more people rushing to get it. There's definitely not as many people doing that. So it'll be interesting to see. And then, you know, AstraZeneca, they're also one-shot vaccine, but they, they seem to be stuck in this, you know, is it safe, is it not safe? And, you know, different reports coming out, although their effectiveness is pretty good, but, you know, people are worrying about blood clots, at least on the Internet they're worried about it. So who knows if, if that'll catch on or not. Yeah, it'll be interesting how, how all this now, like, starts playing out because you're like, starting to get like real like not vaccine pushback but you're starting to get like real bumps in the road like does AstraZeneca work does do people that had COVID when should they get a vaccine shot like you're starting to get all this kind of like new pushback like what at what age are you old enough to get a vaccine right like there's certain pushbacks that are starting to happen now yeah, and yeah. It's, it's getting more and more complicated yeah. around um, the vaccine. And the, and the states, more and more states are burning through those. You know, they, they have the 65 and older restrictions. But a lot of them are, have now started moving into the, you know, any age category. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether the demand will still be there. Um, interestingly, you know, you know I, one of those interesting statistics I saw, too, was retail rent collections. You know, retail, the most hurt along with hotels, uh, asset class and real estate during this pandemic. I saw an interesting statistic that the uh, retail rent collections last month, um, you know, climbed to 90% for the first time in a year with national retailers though. Wow. With uh, smaller local retailers, they're still struggling. They're still uh, struggling to make their rent payments. Um, they think the nationals are a little better shape because they're large, larger, more well capitalized, and they cut deals with their landlords that basically we're in this together, so we will make the payments we promised in a payment plan. Um, but those payments are starting to increase. And so they, you know, people feel there's some hope, you know, hope, you know, when you see other signs, um, airline industries, you know, retail rent, even hospitality, um, as more and more things open up, you know, they're starting to be a little bit more bright shoots. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's definitely right. You're definitely seeing those happen. I, I also think it's like retail is getting, um, it's, it's already was like a super splintered industry between like obviously credit, non-credit, big bots, urban. And there's already such a splintering effect that was happening in retail. And I think it's actually become even more splintered now because you have like, there's, you know, like where we're sitting now, like you look at this restaurant, it has a nice, you know, there's probably 50 seats inside. There's 30 seats on the patio. And it's definitely meant to have like a real like, in business, although there's no table service. It's a counter service restaurant. So anything you want, you go to the counter. So they, they've eliminated the waiters, waitress idea here. But it's meant to be a place that with TVs and stuff, you're hanging out. Um, but I don't know, like, will this place like, get full? I don't know. Like, I think this, this place might be more like now pickups and door dashes and things of that nature. And that might be a future 
or or if yeah maybe this maybe this becomes goes back to being like socialized place but it never was that pre-pandemic it was just a place where people kind of hang out have a pizza a, a drink or whatever and move on well, well pre, so pre-pandemic people used to come here and hang out so this no, was a much more didn't. crowded place no they didn't oh, they, they didn't, didn't. Yeah. They didn't. and it just it had opened just like a few months before the pandemic maybe like four months before yeah. the pandemic because sitting here today, it's there's really just our just table and another two tables and yeah. probably one left already. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's uh, it's pretty sparse. Although you know this this type of at least from what I understand from about retail restaurants, I mean this sort of fast casual Chipotle style, the little higher end kind of pizza, they they make it for you fresh. You know, yeah. as you move down the counter yeah, 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 yeah. and everything without the waiters, like you said, you know to save money on costs. This was a hot you know hot idea. Hot idea. And so, yeah, I think it's, what was, what were the pizzerias called again? The, uh, uh, Slice Trace? Blaze Pizza. Oh, and all Blaze. Blaze yeah, and, and, and all those, this is a similar type. Similar vein, similar, yeah. yeah. a similar vein. Those were sort of one of the hottest things in retail. Yeah. Ever. They used to tout it. So, it's, and it obviously it ran into a brick wall with COVID. Yeah. And so, but uh, interesting to see if But this I don't know, back. actually, like, see, I think that some of those, like, actually, I, I think if you were a food vendor, food retailer, and you stayed open during COVID and you just basically got on these delivery apps and even though you're paying them a hefty price to be on there, I think a lot of them actually, I don't know if they did, no, they didn't do better than probably previous years, but I don't think they did that bad. I, I think the food guys did okay, generally speaking. Well, definitely the restaurants, anecdotally, some of the restaurants I've gone to, and, I, and I've asked them, you know, I, I go there and do my takeout, and I've asked them, hey, you know, now that L.A. County is 25% capacity, you know, when are you guys going to start to open? Because some of them still haven't opened. Yeah. And some of them for, told for, me... In, in, out, in, in out. L.A. County. And some of them have told for me... For in-house dining. For in-house dining. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've told me, you know what, we're, we're kind of making the same almost with this takeout. And we don't need the staffing. We don't, we don't need the staffing. And so, and at least until I get to... 50 percent capacity or higher. I'm not gonna spend the money. Mess with I'm, it. Mess, oh yeah, mess with it. Exactly. It's more efficient. We've gotten used to it. Yeah. And so until then, we're just gonna hold back. So I think it's like for the restaurants that are like a thousand square feet and less, it's like they're probably counter anyways. But when you get in this weird area of like at fifteen hundred to like three four thousand, where they're like in between, they have some seating and they have a lot of like a counter business or they meant to be a, a actual like sit down place I think those probably have a tough time and then those really big ones that are five six thousand and more they gotta they need full dining yeah. there's no way around it yeah they won't survive but... they just won't survive like these big steakhouses and stuff they just eat I don't know how they do it so speaking of which, that reminds me, I went to Steakhouse too. That's right. You went to the one and only Capitol Grill. The one and only. Capitol Grill in Las Vegas. And, uh, and how was, it was that? Actually, it was not that crowded, actually. Now that I think back about it. I mean, food was, food was, it was good. good. It was good. It was better than Perry's? Better than our uh, yeah. super spreader Perry's? Yes. Was it better? Uh, actually, no. I actually like Perry's. Better. I like Perry's a lot. It was a pretty good steak. It was a little dry, actually, their steak. And... Uh, Although I, it was, but it was nice to eat and nice to you know do a little surf and turf yeah. and, and uh, socialize. You know, socialize, yeah. So that was that was pleasant, and it had an amazing view of the strip, though. Oh so yeah, yeah, it's a great location. You can see the wind, and, and right by Planet Hollywood and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great location. Um, well, so I I've actually been kind of intrigued by something else. So so Newsom, our governor of California, Gavin Newsom, a few weeks ago came out and he said that you know that there's 
all these Republicans and anti-maskers and Trump's big Trump supporters, they want to get him out. And that's how they got the two plus million signatures for their recall. recall effort. And I was like, I don't really know anybody that's any of those things that signed that recall effort. All I know is like people that just don't like Newsom. That's what I thinking about. I was like, do I even know anyone that likes Newsom? Like, do I literally know one person that's like, I like Gavin Newsom? And I couldn't think of one. I asked a lot of people. I was like, do you like Gavin? A lot of crickets. Nobody seems to like Gavin. I'm neutral. Yeah. I think he's a I don't loser, dis- but I don't, dis- I don't know anybody like that likes him. Like, that actually likes him. That's like, nah, he's good. We should keep him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know, know one he's, person. I think he's done a mixed mixed job so oh, i think he's an awful job but I, I i don't know one person so i was like who are these people he's pointing out they're like signing this recall effort I'm, I'm not a heavy trump supporter i'm not like a you know anti-vaxxer or any of these things that he's calling out i'm like dude everyone i know that signs things just kind of down the fairway you know probably socially minded conservative politically yeah you know, so it's like what, what 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 are you talking about but he's, but he's also a convenient target to just to vent. You know, everyone's frustrated with COVID and you have COVID fatigue from all the quarantining. So yeah, I think politicians are always... Shut. I know, like, but that's, that's what I meant. People are frustrated that he's done that. So yeah, but it's an easy target. It's, yeah, his, it's an easy target to just... But who else are you going to target? Like, what, what else? I mean, who else would you target? It was his choice. It was his decision. It's his, should, it's his decision. I don't necessarily disagree with his decision, but I think the management. I totally disagree with but his decision. But the management of look at where unemployment is here versus other states. But I think it's. A, but I think it's the management of it. No, I, I think. You what can, management? I think you could have restrictions, but I don't. Th- I think you can keep the. I, I think you could do what they did in Hong Kong and in South Korea. I think you could keep. Or just do what you do in like other states. You could re- enforce masks and things, but you could just keep businesses open and just really enforce them. I don't know. You know. But they basically just shut everything down. They kept everything locked, more locked down than everywhere else. Even now, we're like, we, we're the largest state in the nation, and we still have like, we now have like some of the, the by far the lowest case numbers per 100,000. Yeah. Well, 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 that actually is a very interesting, I agree with you there, where it's an interesting bureaucratic um, restriction on us because we actually qualify yeah. now for the next tier. Yeah. But, but because there's a rule that you have to wait three weeks before Two you weeks. move or, or you move from tier to tier, yeah. we have to wait another week. And they might wait longer. Yeah. So so that that's what's a little disappointing to me because I wish because then that would have basically doubled everything all the you know twenty five percent restaurants, yeah, 50. fifty movie theaters, yeah. everything else. So that's that 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 part. Yeah, I just I don't know what like what would okay. So fine, you have a bigger mask restriction. Okay, go for it. Do that then. But he was so he was so set upon having just everything locked down for some inexplicable reason that it was like you just torpedoed the state further into unemployment. Yeah, well, I don't disagree that that's had that impact. So what? Like I don't know what. So I like your idea that okay we could just have some additional restrictions. But obviously Gavin wasn't listening to you. Yeah. Like so, what? What? I mean, he just made all these poor ass decisions. Yeah. No, I mean, you, no. The book stops with him, and he made the decisions. And at the end of the day, those decisions, he, he obviously had some kind of advisors that he listened to, and, and they were wrong in a lot of ways. So, yeah, but he stuck with it. Like he, I think what it was was he was so impressed with himself that he shut down the state before any other state did, and he kind of prevented the spread initially, that he just kind of sat into that opinion. Yeah, he stagnated, and he also didn't spend the time. I mean, because there's a lot of the rules don't make sense at times, too, and they're inconsistent. You know, I, I remember the, the classic one, and I could see how small business owners get mad, was you had restaurants who couldn't open outdoors at a certain mm-hmm. point when, when it got really bad, the spike in cases yeah. got bad. But then 
but then they allowed they had an exemption for movies Hollywood industries where they would be on site you know uh, making make uh, shooting but then they were allowed to open up next door to where the restaurant was and have their little food trucks and and, and, uh, catering and so clearly that's doesn't make sense and is illogical and that should have been thought out better and, and his but team think, or whatever doesn't I think see, it like, out I just, I'm just shocked that you even like, like the lockdowns were awful like they didn't make any sense like they never like actually paid off they ended up being losers well, <laughs> no I think initially it slowed down so there were some yeah but you still got it like what, what it proved out eventually if you just followed it was that even if you lock things down people still get together and they still end up spreading it and it, it's just like like look we we traveled more than anyone I know. And it wasn't the travel that caught us. It wasn't like the eating out that got us. It was our daddy went to Whole Foods and then she gave to all of us. And then we all had a mild case and we moved on. That's it. That's the end of the game. Like that, it's just spreads in a different way then. It still spreads. Like as much as you want to say the lockdown was, oh, it's amazing. It's not amazing. It didn't do anything. Like the net effect, if you look at those other states, is like, dude, we're at the same place. We all kind of got to the same place. We ran just a much longer, more, like, it's like, we went up three hills and everyone else was like, oh, we're just going to jog around a flat lake. We're like, no, this, we'll just make it as hard as possible for ourselves. Yeah, man. The other interesting thing I saw in terms of things reopening was, I don't know if you okay, saw Okay, go this. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gavin. I think we're getting off topic here. But it's Google, um, I don't know if you saw this, Google announced that they're going to spend um, $7 billion in offices and data centers. And I thought that was interesting. Well, how much is the office co- component versus data? Uh, they, they didn't break it out. But they're basically, they're opening more offices of Google yeah. itself. And, I wonder how and, much and, the and office data. component is that. Because a data center is like, that's whatever. That's just data center. Yeah. No, it's, well, it's supposed to, the effect is supposed to create a, a, a ton of jobs. And they're expanding across 19 cities, excuse me, 19 states, and including 1 billion alone in California. So I thought that'd be interesting from the office market, which, was, which has been sort of stagnating, but it's, as we mentioned previously on calls, it's starting to come, come back slightly as employers slowly start to open. So I thought, I thought that was interesting that they're you know, trying to maybe help support that or kickstart that. A I wonder whose office they'll buy in California. They're definitely not building it. They're gonna just buy somebody. If they're gonna, if they're gonna allocate a million, billion dollars for California, that is just, Literally yeah, out of buying, total seven billion. Yeah. buying somebody's office building. That's like, we're, we'll buy your Salesforce tower. Thank you. That was great. Great work, Mark Benioff. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, so what's your numbers? My, so let's jump to numbers of the week. So my number this week is a very interesting one, very non-real estate. And um, my number is actually 10. And so... 10 is an interesting number because Michael Jordan had scored 10 points in 866 consecutive games. And this, is, this was the longest streak in history until LeBron James then eclipsed him by scoring 10 points in 1,000 games. And this streak goes all the way back to 2007. Fast forward to last week when LeBron James in the game against Atlanta got a high ankle sprain. And he got the high ankle sprain, has to leave the game and then comes back in the game minutes later and hits a corner three because LeBron knows that he only has seven points and he needs three more to get his, keep his streak alive. Hits the three, leaves the game, high ankle sprain, probably out for the next four weeks, maybe longer. But had the peace of mind and 
whatever else you want to call it, to say, I need to get back in this game and score that last three-pointer to keep my streak going, which I find to be remarkable on a number of levels. So 10 is my number. At least very focused on his goal. Uh, very focused on a lot, a lot of things. Of things. Like, a lot of legacy there. A lot of legacy being planned right there. I wonder how his coach felt about that. I wonder if someone told him. Either he, I, I wonder if he knew. He's I'm like, sure he's, he, he, he's tracking it during the game. Or, or I'm one, sure of his, he's one of his LeBron it. team members. Or did somebody tell him? Yeah. That's the interesting part. What's your number? So my number is 40%, hmm. which represents how much revenue that uh, Delta Airlines uh, grew um, from February to March. And this is along with United and Delta and Alaska Airlines. They are all predicting that they're finally going to break even or generate positive cash flow this month in March, which is yeah, positive cash flow. Which, March, is, wow, which, which is incredible when you think about United. Just in 2020 alone, they lost 8.8 .8 billion dollars in revenue. And so, it what what it shows basically is more and more people are flying. Yeah. And definitely, they said that the, there's a pickup in what we call the short domestic vacations and also sort of the domestic or close. Close international locations such as Mexico yeah. if you're on the West Coast or the Caribbean if you're on the East Coast. And it's a positive sign. And so they're hopeful that you know the next leg that they need for recovery in the airline industry would be the uh, business travelers and, the, and then finally the long haul and the international traveling. Well, you know, that's finally when they'll be back to normal. But it's a positive sign. I think it's also probably helped by the CARES Act. They yeah, got like $20 billion in assistance. And I wonder so, if that if that if that positive cash flow is if that before the loans they got. Yeah, that, that the research didn't say, but I'm, I wonder. I'm sure, wonder you got I'm sure the loans like, helps helps them flow. Or is the it business. just cares money that, like some portion of that's cares money that gets forgiven, not all of it obviously. Some True. of it was actually government back. True. I mean, it definitely loans. helps them out because they're oper operating at a loss. Yeah. So, so I wonder where the loans like get. But, but on the other hand, they have big cash reserves too, don't they? Well, the, that's the whole thing about the airlines. Not to get on topic, is they should have had big cash reserves. But what those CEOs did was they kept buying their stock back to then pop up the stock price and then get they bigger. They burned through their reserves. Yeah. They burned through the reserves to, to buy stock back to pop up stock price to get bigger bonuses. Yeah. That's all. That's been the like the big counter of like. So airlines. now they're bailed out of that hole. By They've been bailed out of it. And basically. You know, what they should have done is kept big reserves, like you're saying, or allocated capital in different ways so that when this moment happened, they were more prepared for it instead of just saying, well, we're going to die, so save this. Yeah, because it's a lot of jobs lost and Americans will be yeah. unemployed. Jobs lost, furloughed, or never coming back. Uh, well, that was, it, I, I think this was fun. I mean, we've got some interesting background noise and, you know, um, it's been good. I think this is a good pod. It was a fun walk. It's a fun got walk. Some things. It's more healthy. More healthy. Got some steps in. Okay. Um, all right. Well, th this is episode 30. Thank you, folks, for being supportive and helpful and continue listening. Please reach out to us. Uh, I know we've, we've been meaning to answer a couple questions. We'll definitely get to them next week when I come back from Dallas. Uh, David, final words? Uh, be safe and be well, everyone.